And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Hey there, Wonderlings. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back at My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. How's everyone doing this weekend? I'm doing all right. I'm going to go see Bohemian Rhapsody, hopefully on Sunday. I really like those musical biopics. Well, speaking of music, today I'm going to be reviewing Season 6, Episode 13, entitled, Ladies and Gentlemen, dot, 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 The Rolling Stones. This episode premiered, if I can find it. Why can't I find it? You know what? I'm just going to uh, read the synopsis. Rumors spread through the school that the Rolling Stones may be playing at a small venue somewhere nearby. Kevin, Winnie, and their friends tried to find the concert's location. This episode has a 8.0 out of 10 rating based on 116 ratings on IMDb. This episode was written by Peter Baldwin, writers Neil Marlins, and Carol Black, who are the creators, and Kim C. Friese, F-R-I-E-S-E, Freeze. Anyway, trivia. Oh, here we go. Kevin and his friends are eating raisinets in the car. The cost of a speeding ticket in 1973 was about $40. Even back then, $40 is a chunk of fucking change. Alright, the soundtracks. We got Dixie, uncredited music by Daniel Decatur Emmett. I'm sure I've probably heard of it. Okay, original air date, January 27th, 1993. Let's see what the DVD booklet has to say. Oh, the DVD booklet's got a bit. Alright, there's a rumor that the Rolling Spoon... <laughs> <laughs> wow, that the Rolling Stones are playing in a bar just outside of town. But to get there, Kevin, who's grounded, must sneak out in his father's new car. So, Jack got a new car, eh? Cool. Well, he's probably making that big money. Big money. Wait, is he making that big money? Because he just, like... I thought he, like, quit Norcom and jumped into the furniture business. And this is after, um, you know, the New Year's Eve and the Christmas episode of Season 6. So we know that he does, in fact, get a loan from the bank. Featured songs in this episode, Crazy Heart by Hank Williams and Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. Music Appreciation. While the Rolling Stones have indeed played unannounced concerts in small clubs such as gigs, the experience of a lifetime, in quotes, per narrator Daniel Stern, are exceedingly rare. In 1977, the Rolling Stones played their first, uh, first such spontaneous concert at Toronto's El Mocambo Tavern, and since then, they've played only a handful of similar surprise shows in New Haven, Connecticut, 
Worcester, Massachusetts, and Echo Park, California. In 2012, the Stones carefully plotted a short run of quote-unquote surprise shows in England as they rehearsed for their 50th anniversary tour. Holy fuck. 50th anniversary! They have been around for so damn long. In order to keep these dates secret, they were billed as the cockroaches. Like the Stone song goes, it's only rock and roll. Now, before I officially get into the episode itself, I do like to let those listeners know that are just tuning in that there are ways if you'd like to... Follow along with the podcast. You can do so by liking the Facebook page, Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast, and Instagram, LBOM Wonder Years podcast at, (laughs) on Instagram. Um, The actress who plays Karen Arnold on Wonder Years, uh, she does follow the page, which is really awesome, and she did comment. Um, Yesterday was Sister Appreciation Day, and I was surprised when I saw her, her name up there. I'm like, oh, wow, that is so cool. She really, really liked the post. Let me, uh, let me pull that up here. Let's see. Here we go. Love it. And there's a heart there. Aw, thank you for posting. Olivia. Oh, it's so sweet. That's so sweet of her. Um, also, I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast last week. That on Instagram, I also follow, and he follow, he or she follows me, the Wonder Years Sig, S-I-G. Um, does have a link to all the Wonder Years episodes, so if you can't, you know, you're not able to stream it because it's not available anywhere to stream. If you don't want to shell out the 50 plus bucks to get the box set, you can go to the link and watch all the episodes for absolutely free and get your Wonder Years fix other than just having this podcast to rely on, which as you know, is coming to an end in December. Yes, the Wonder Years podcast is... All the episodes, you'll still be able to access them. There's nothing... You know, they're not going anywhere. So, um, yeah. I am also doing a Fred Savage Christmas episode, which is Christmas on Division Street. So that will be going up in December. I will be re-releasing the Thanksgiving episode this month. And in December, I'll re-release the Christmas episodes and the New Year's Eve episodes so you guys don't have to hunt for them. Also, if you guys would like to shoot me an email, you can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. If you are a regular listener, you love this podcast. I I hope so. (laughs) I would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review. That would mean the world to me. That way we can get this podcast out there and more Wonder Years fanatics can get their fix. Alright, as per usual, I love to kick off the episode with the quote. Narrator, adult Kevin. Teen Logic. At 16, it was a tool we used with abandon. 
And this logic came in all shapes and sizes. We used it to help us through life's tough moments. It helped explain our behavioral oddities. But never was out logic more useful than when it lent credence, credence to a really hot rumor. It was a dull week in the winter of 73, so the rumor had spread like wildfire. By junior year, I'd been down the old rumor, meal, rumor trail one too many times, but I was a little tough on the guy. Maybe I was a little tough on the guy. But it was so clear to anyone with a semblance of intelligence. Unfortunately, a semblance of intelligence was in short supply. My guess is he's talking about Chuck. The fact that he's even still conversing with Chuck after Chuck punched him in the fucking face. Last episode. Kevin, why are you hanging out with that piece of shit? Really? <sighs> Can't believe we still gotta deal with this guy. Uh but alright guys, let's jump right into this episode, shall we? So we come out of the intro, and I'm guessing this has got to be like history class, because we get some kid who failed to do whatever the assignment was, and he thought that Kojak was not because he mentions Indians, like, oh, there's this thing on TV. I think he's talking about the show Kojak, because the teacher asked him, when did you realize that Kojak was not an actual Indian, or something to that effect? And I did look it up on IMDb that show Kojak actually started in 73, so. Luckily for that uh, kid, the bell rings just in time before he even gives his answer. So now we move to the hallway as uh, Kevin is kind of going on about um, the quote that I read. This girl looks on as her... I presume it's an ex-boyfriend is going around with his new girlfriend and she's complaining like, who needs a steady boyfriend anyway? All that making out amounted to nothing and it just gets your hair sweaty. And she runs off to the bathroom crying. And then we also get a kid that's following a teacher down the steps into the hallway talking about uh, biology and frogs and stuff. Like, he must be like a jokester or something like that. So maybe the teacher gave him detention. But now we get into the lunchroom, we have Paul and we have Kevin there. So I think this is where they start, he starts talking about, you know, it being the winter of 73, and, you know, the rumor mill, he'd been a part of that, and now a rumor about the Rolling Stones has popped up. So I'm going to play this clip. week in the winter of 73 so the rumor had spread like wildfire i'm telling you friday night the stones are going to be at a place called joe's out on highway nine right by junior year i'd been down the old rumor trail one too many times there's no way paul tell him. it's a zillion to one it's not gonna happen i rest my case Maybe I was a little tough on the guy, but it was so clear to anyone with even a semblance of intelligence. Hey, you guys hear about the stones? Unfortunately, a semblance of intelligence was in short supply. So, Chuck heard a rumor about the Rolling Stones playing at some place called Joe's out on Highway 9. And Kevin is just shutting him down at every point. Like, no, you're full of crap. 
The Rolling Stones don't do anything like that. They don't play at small venues like bars and whatnot. And he looks at Paul like, hey, Paul, tell him he's nuts. And Paul's like, yeah, they don't do that. And, of course, Chuck's not the only one who heard that rumor because Jeff comes and sits down and says, hey, did you guys hear the news about the Stones? <laughs> so now Kevin and Jeff are driving home after school and I think Jeff is still trying to convince Kevin like yeah we gotta do this They're, they are going to play this small venue I heard from so and so and Kevin is like no I don't want to hear anymore don't tell me about the stones and the supposed place that they might be playing at so here's the clip I don't want to hear it okay I'm sorry I lost my mind fine it's just I, I heard that for a while this Joe was like the sixth rolling stone you know Great. Insanity had taken over my school, and the law had taken over Vine Street. Oh, man. <laughs> Why don't you plead insanity, Kevin? Shut up. May I see your license, please? Of course, a situation like this required I reach back for a little of my own team logic. You realize that it's impossible to go the speed limit on this street. Is that a fact? Okay, here's the thing. Grades are really important to me. So, I was really trying to get home. To study. Because I know that a lot of criminals got bad grades in school. So that if kids got better grades by studying hard, then there would be less criminals around. Wow. Yeah. But when it came to logic, some guys had the knack. You must make your parents proud. And some guys... Had the ticket. Have a nice day. All of which added up to one thing. He had me sold. Somehow, I was going to have to explain this to... So Kevin gets pulled over, and I'm kind of wondering, is this... This has got to be, like, the first time he's ever been pulled over by a cop, because the way that he handles this, he is freaking the hell out. And the fact that he even starts as soon... And the thing is, the... Police officer only asked to see his driver's license, not his registration, but just his driver's license. I don't know if that's something that changed, like maybe they just asked for your license, but now they do say your driver's license and vehicle registration. But Kevin starts in with the excuses. I thought that he was going to, like, personally, like, really get on the guy's case. You know, the like, oh, I can't believe you stopped me because of a blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you know, the, this road, it's impossible to go to speed limit. Are you kidding me, Kevin? Why in the hell would you even utter those words to a cop that has the power to probably revoke your license? He is a teen driver. Police officers can probably do whatever the frick they feel like when it comes to teenage drivers. I don't know. But, um, another thing that I noticed, 
When that cop came up, Kevin was just nonchalant. He didn't have his hands on the wheel or anything, which, I don't know. They just, you know, you gotta remain calm and stuff like that. But, and he also starts in on this little spiel about, oh, the reason I was going so fast is because, well, I want to get home and study. And I've heard this statistic about, like, if those that study and get good grades, they are less likely to become criminals and wind up in prison. And the guy just, he takes his sunglasses off because the guy that pulled, the cop that pulled him over was on a motorcycle. Takes his sunglasses off, looks Kevin in the eye like, do you really think I'm going to buy this shit that's pouring out of your mouth right now? He just looks at Kevin and says, you must make your parents proud. And he rips off the ticket on his little uh, pad and hands it to him. Kevin is freaked out. He's like, what the hell am I going to say to my parents? Because I don't know whether Kevin's going to be on their insurance, I would imagine. So I don't know how that's going to work with Jack and Norma and um, everything. Because I'm sure Kevin's got to be paying for his insurance. He's got to be. He's got a job. But anyway, Kevin, of course, Jeff, after the police officer leaves, Jeff's like, well, I believe what you said. Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> but Jack is so ebullient. He is so excited. Whatever. It's got to be about the furniture st factory that he's he's got going on. Because he is, I've never seen this man this lit up like a Christmas tree excited before. And I'm playing this clip. Because this is amazing. It was great. My dad. This guy Zeke comes in with a cowboy hat, a string tie. He tells me he needs a truckload of furniture. <laughs> Wonderful, honey. This is our biggest order yet. Still that night, the furniture gods were smiling on me. Dad? Yeah. Yep, this was going to be a piece of cake. You, you know that stretch of road on Vine Street? Mm-hmm. Well, I was driving there this afternoon, and... You know... Now it's like the guy wants to be my best friend. I know. His wife called this morning. She did. They want to take us dancing tomorrow night. Oh. Square dancing. What? Uh oh. Square dancing. <laughs> Forget it. We're not going. Suddenly, I watched his mood change faster than you could say Sons of the Pioneers. Are you sure, honey? It might be good for business. Oh, brother. So grab your partner, Dosey -si Doe. <laughs> Sorry. What are you looking at? Nothing. Now, I may have been a criminal. But I wasn't stupid enough to try my luck right then. Nothing at all. It just wouldn't be logical. Speaking of which... So Jack's got to have that furniture store up and running because he says that somebody came in wearing a cowboy hat and he calls this, he calls it a string tie. Jack, I believe it's a bolo tie, but whatever. And he says the guy wants a truckload of furniture, a lot of it. And... the and Jack saying how, oh, this guy just, he, he acts like he wants to be my best friend and everything like that. And Norma's like, oh, honey, um, well, his wife called and they want to take us dancing. And Jack looks at her like, wait, what, what now? 
Um, I, and I see it in Jack's eyes. It's like, yeah, it's great this guy wants to come and get some furniture from him. But is it really necessary to try to make... In a way, if you think about it, this is mixing business with pleasure in a way. This guy is a customer. Now, them taking Jack out and Norma out dancing, it just sounds like it... Maybe, well, Norma does say, you know, honey, this could be good for business. You know, creating, you know, contacts and stuff like that. Like, we do this, this guy will tell his friends about your furniture, you'll get more business, you know, something like that. But it's not just dancing. It's square dancing. Remember season two, square dancing? <laughs> I just think this is a funny little callback, because as soon as square dancing comes out of Norma's mouth... Jack immediately shuts down. That happy mood, that smile that was plastered on his face a minute ago, boom, gone. He's like, forget it, we're not going. Because Kevin, right before Norma mentioned this whole thing about the this guy and his wife taking them out square dancing, Kevin was starting to say, oh, you know that stretch of road that Vine Street while well, I was driving it to? Because he's got the ticket in his hand. And, of course, Kevin probably thinks he's in a great mood. If I just slip this little thing and make it seem like it's not a big deal, it might not, he might not be as hard on me as, but, like I said, square dancing, boom, smile gone, replaced by a frowny, angry face. Kevin puts the ticket away, which he does. He's like, oh, never mind. Because Wayne is, like, square dancing. Oh, my God. I can just see it now. And he's like, grab your partner, do do And then Jack just silences Wayne with a look, like, don't, don't go there, son. Wayne's like, oh, sorry, Dad. Because <laughs> Wayne is back to living with them now since he and Bonnie kind of, you know, they ended things. She got back with her ex. So, is Wayne still at Norcom is my question, because I know in the series finale, he is working with Jack and Kevin. He's kind of like a supervisor, which I figured, I bet anything, when Jack left Norcom, Wayne got the hell out of there, too, and Jack's like, all right, well, let me set you up here with a job. You know, Arnold and Sons or something like that, so... But, and Jack turns to Kevin. He's got Kevin in his sights. He's like, what are you looking at? Like, really mean. Like, do you have something to add, son, about the square dancing business? And Kevin is just like, no, no, I don't. No, <laughs> never mind. It's not important. So now we get a shot of the diner. Remember how I said how the pizza place seemed to be the hangout in, like, season three and four? Or maybe just mostly season four when Winnie and Kevin and Paul would just go to the pizza place and chill. Um, the diner is now that pizza place now. It's um, that's The diner is a hangout where all the guys and Winnie and everyone goes. So I'm going to play this clip. Confirmation. All right, Gary Zawinski's sister. She's a, she's a stewardess, right? She met Keith Richards on a flight to New York last year. Ooh. Yeah, so? So? I don't believe this. Anyways, they got to New York, they had a couple drinks, plural, and now the Stones are back in the U.S. of A, and who does Keith Richards want to see? Shirley. Zerwinski. Voila. I'd had enough. 
I was the lone bastion of reason. What? You people are all crazy. Kevin, what's your problem? Huh? I mean, what if it could happen? And what if we could be a part of it? Now keep in mind, this was my best girl. My one true love. Think of it, Kevin. A night we could share with each other for the rest of our lives. And maybe someday tell our children about. Children? So when she spun her dreams about magical nights and miracles and children... I could never risk missing something like that. What else could I say to those big brown eyes except... Okay, well, Jeff has got some insider information about the Rolling Stones. Some guy's sister, who is a stewardess, met Keith Richards on a flight. They went to a bar, had a couple drinks. He, I guess, mentioned that or they're now in... They're coming back to the U.S., and he wants to meet Shirley What's-Her-Face. And... Winnie, my, Winnie is eating this. She's like, oh my gosh, Keith Richards, ooh. Um, um, Keith Richards, he's still alive, isn't he? Let me check. Speaking of Keith Richards, he's got a birthday coming up. Happy early birthday, Keith Richards. And let me tell you, I don't know jack shiz about the Rolling Stones, other than I probably heard some of their songs. I had no idea that the Rolling Stones were from, like, the UK. I had no idea. Because this, well, it says he was born in, um, the UK. And he's born in 43, so that would mean he'd be 75. He's getting up there. He's getting up there in age. But, um, so that would mean that he would be... 30 and 73 if he was born in 43 so around this time he'd be 30 okay gotcha so anyway jeff's saying rolling stones will come back to the u.s he's in town who do you think he wants to have drinks with again who, who do you think he wants to meet up with and when he's like surely she is loving this and what amazes me she, and kevin kevin is the naysayer he's like you guys are full of garbage man that is not gonna happen the rolling stones are not coming to the u.s they're not gonna come to this ding he says their town is tiny in california their little small town um but this is what surprised me right we get this really sweet scene from Winnie, and it is adorable. I love it, even though it's not even 100% factual at all. She's like, Kevin, this would just make my day. This is my dream. This experience that will live on in our hearts forever. We'll tell our children about it. Our children. And Kevin's like, our children? Just thinking about, like, and we all know, guys, we've seen the show. We know that they don't get married. We know they don't have kids together. But just for this fleeting second, just to picture Kevin and Winnie married with children of their own and, and talking to them about the time that they met the Rolling Stones and 
everything like that. And Kevin is just, he's at a loss for What can he say? You know, that's his best girl. And he looks into her beautiful brown eyes. He's got brown eyes too. I'm sure their children will both have dark hair and brown eyes. But, um, yeah. He, he, he just looks at her. He's helpless. He, he, he's love struck. He doesn't know what to say. He's lost for words. He just turns to the guy and says, like, uh, who's going to pay for gas? <laughs> and every, everyone at the table nods. You know, I think, you know, Jess there, Paul's there. I think Chuck might be there and Kevin. And Wendy's just hanging out with her boyfriend and, you know, the guys and Paul. This is so nice to have a scene with Paul and Winnie and Kevin. The core three, guys. The core three. I miss these, this trio together. I miss them together. Oh, I miss them. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on because Kevin is getting himself dolled up, looking really nice, checking his reflection in the mirror. He's got a nice long blue shirt with a black shirt underneath. It really goes good together. Um, somebody found that ticket that he has not brought up to his parents yet, as I think Norma is going to come in. Um, and I want to see what Kevin is going to say to explain himself about this. <laughs> you thought that that was just going to be overlooked, or he probably just forgot about it in the whole, let's go look for the Rolling Stones and, and find them in the small town and find out where they're playing. Except my life. Oh, it went through the wash, and I... I... Shit. Honey, could you, uh... Oh. Oh, what's this? It's nothing. It's... It's a speeding ticket. Is this yours? I don't think so. It's got your name on it. Oh, yeah. That... That's mine. You want to tell me about it? Nope. Well... Dad, you know Vine Street... Everyone speeds there. I don't. Stay out of it, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? It's just... Some tickets are really unfair. Yeah, I know they are. So how fast were you going? Well, that's the thing. The cop didn't even have a radar. He just guessed. Come on, Kev. How fast? I figured this was my father. He'd been in a few scrapes in his life. He'd understand. Just tell me the truth. And even though logic screamed at me not to. Fifty. Tops. I went with the facts. Fifty. In a 30-mile zone, you're grounded. I may have miscalculated. So... As Kevin's getting ready to go, his mom comes in and she asks Kevin, Honey, I was doing the laundry and I found this in one of your uh, pants pockets. Does this belong to you? And she holds it up and you know that traffic tickets, they're really long because they have all that, you know, information at the bottom. And she's like, oh, is this yours? And Kevin's like, uh... And Jack comes in and, you know, says, Honey, um, dear, can you please straighten my tie? And while she's looking at the bottom of his tie and, you know, fixing it or whatever, he's like, oh, what's this thing you have crumpled up in your hand? And he looks at Kevin. He's like, Kevin, is this yours? Is this your ticket? And Kevin's like, oh, no, no. And he's like, well, it says, well, um, it has your name on it. 
And Kevin is like, buddy, you can't lie your way through this. This ticket has your name on it. And the fact you said, no, it's not mine. Like, okay, it is my ticket. And Kevin kind of recounts, like, you know Vine Street, right, Dad? And Jack's like, yeah, I know it. He's like, well, you know that people speed through there. It's a really, the street just, people are speeding on it all the time. And this cop pulled up, pulled me over, and he, he gave me a ticket because he said I was speeding. He didn't even have a radar or, a radar or anything. He, he just guessed. Like, I don't think so, Kevin. And Jack is like, buddy, just be honest with me. What, what, how fast were you going? Come on, just, just tell me the truth. And Kevin figures, you know, I'm not going to be able to, you know, lie my way out of this. I may as well just tell him how fast I was going. He's like, 50, tops. And he says tops, like, oh, that's as most as I was going. And Jack looks at him and is like, you were going 50 in a 30 mile per hour on a 30 mile per hour road. Are you kidding me, Kevin? You are grounded. You're not going anywhere. And he takes the ticket. Jack takes the ticket, crumples it up in his hand, and shoves it just inside Kevin's shirt, like um his long shirt. He's got a t-shirt right underneath that. And he puts it right. Almost like in the pocket there. <laughs> it's like, you're paying for this. You're gr No, he doesn't say you're paying. He says you're grounded. I thought he was going to say, don't expect me to pay for this because I'm not doing that. That's 20 miles over the speed limit. Kevin, do you know how expensive that is? Although I did read in the trivia that's about $40. I can't even begin to imagine how much. Now it would probably be closer to... 75 to a hundred dollars they don't please don't fuck around when it comes to giving tickets and when it comes to speeding running red lights rolling through stop signs all that shit i've had my share of tickets in the past guys in the past i came to a stop at a stop sign but the guy officer pulled me over said you rolled through the stop sign i was under the light the other time, it was yellow, and I went through it, and he pulled me over. So, um, all different different things, and it sucks. You know, I think a few of them were definitely for speeding, but, um, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there are those of us that have gotten a speeding ticket in our time, and hopefully they are not on the record anymore. But, um, Kevin... You know, his parents are getting ready to go uh, square dancing, and Jack is not having it at all. And Kevin wants to go out and explain himself. Like, can't we at least talk about this? I'm thinking, Kev, what do you want to talk about? The fact that you broke a law, you were ticketed, and now you have to pay for it? And Kevin's like, Dad, I have to go out tonight. And Jack just looks at him like, why? Why do you, what is so important about tonight? Why do you have to go out tonight? And Kevin figures hit him with the truth. The Rolling Stones, Dad. The Rolling Stones are gonna be playing at this dive bar called Joe's, and I, I gotta, I gotta be there. Jack just looks at him like Kevin. I'm going square dancing. I'm going square dancing. This could not be the the wor worst night of my life. And you want to see the Rolling Stones supposedly at this so-called dive bar? Because 
we hear this weird... At first I thought it was, like, Kevin's friend. But I'm like, Kevin's friend wouldn't say, hey, Arnold, get out here. Because it was a grown man. And um, there's that, like, La Cucaracha type car horn thing. And our novelty horns. And Wayne is like, hey, Dad, I think your uh, buddy... What do you say? Dale and someone else are here to take you a mom's square dancing? So... Kevin's, or Jack's like, Wayne, will you please? And as he's heading out the door, he and Norma are, Norma are heading out the door. He looks at Kevin and says, hey, you, your car does not move one inch from that oil slick that's on the driveway. You got me? And Kevin says his dad even signed, like held up his two fingers, like inch, points at Kevin. Yeah, no, you stay home. And after they leave, Wayne's like, have a nice night, scrot. Wayne is like, telling him, always with the scrot. <laughs> but Kevin is not done yet. He will not be deterred. He is going to see the Rolling Stones one way or another. His, the future of his future children with Winnie depend on this <laughs> moment, apparently. So I'm going to play this clip. Dad, can we at least talk about this? I don't want to talk about but, it. I don't want to hear Dad, about I it. Dad, I have to go out tonight. Why? I knew I had to capture the magic the way Winnie had. This wasn't about one little night out. It was about our dreams, our children. The Rolling Stones are playing some dive called Joe's. Hmm. <laughs> and if that stirring tribute wasn't enough? What's that? Dad, uh, Roy and Dale are here. Great. So, uh, Dad, what do you say? Kevin, I'm going square dancing. But when I get home, that car of yours better not have moved one inch off its oil spot. And somehow I knew the man meant every single word. He even said it in sign language. <laughs> well, see you, Scrum. Have fun. And there wasn't anything more I could say, except... So, Kevin's on the phone. He's got Mrs. Cooper on the phone. He's trying to say, hey, is Winnie there? Because, he's, you know, he's got to break the date. Well, this is where we learn that Jack has a new car. It's a Cadillac, and that's what Kevin decides to take out. What's that little comic square up on there? I'm not sure. I'm trying to think what it would be, but... It's like, I can't, I know there's like one that's got like an older middle-aged man that's balding and stuff. I cannot for the life of me think of what it is. Oh, there's also a recipe on the fridge too, on the freezer part. And there's some other thing up there. Those, I don't know what that is. Oh, it looks like one of those like long style, um, like TV in the center that, and you can, um, a console type thing. It's like a magnet console. So, um, alright. Let's hear what Kevin's going to get up to now. Mrs. Cooper? Is Winnie there? I had no choice. I would have to cancel. And that's when I discovered a catastrophe in the making. An event of monumental significance. 
a potential disaster that could alter the course of the universe. And the reason was... We're out of milk. We were out of milk. But it wasn't just that we were out of milk. If my dad got up the next morning and couldn't have his cereal, things like this didn't just happen. There were forces at work here. Hello? Forces that demanded I go out and... stretching teenage logic to its maximum, he had specifically said not to move my car. Okay, I'm kind of confused here. Because I could have sworn that Jack had gotten a new car, and that Kevin was forbidden from driving it, unless that comes later on, but he's just taking Jack's car, because Jack and Norma rode with that uh, cowboy guy in his wife or friend or whatever because Kevin's logic is oh there's no milk in the house and if dad doesn't have milk with his cereal he's gonna blow a damn gasket tomorrow morning so in a way I'm doing a favor by getting milk because he's got Winnie on the line like hey Winnie because he was gonna break the day he's like hey Winnie I'll pick you up in 10 and Kevin's logic is well I need to get the milk for my dad and well dad didn't say that I couldn't take his car. He just said I couldn't drive my car. Yeah, good luck explaining that one, Kevin. <laughs> so, Kevin's got a car full of people. It's him and Winnie up front. He's got Paul, Chuck, and Jeff. Chuck, of course, is kind of getting in between Kevin and Winnie there with a box of, or bag of raisinets and just ask them if they want some. And Kevin's kind of like, hey, I'm trying to drive. Please don't spill those damn things all over my car because then they'll melt and then my dad's car will smell like chocolate and then he'll know I took his car. Because he's very adamant. It's like, we gotta leave this car exactly as I found it, which is no raisinets anywhere in the car. Winnie's got her fringe jacket on. Oh, it's a, and I love this shirt. It's like a t reddish turtleneck that she's wearing underneath it. It's really pretty. I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> and so that night, in a semi-stolen car, we were en route to the experience of a lifetime. Me, my girl, and Larry, Moe, and Curly. Hey, you want some? Ain't no food in the car. This isn't food. Here. Thanks. Whoops. <laughs> man, nice move. Hey, come on, Kevin, lighten up, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's your car anyway. Great. I was growing concerned for my father's car, and my friends were turning it into a cheap motel. Where was this place, anyway? Just outside Hinkley. Hinkley? Well, that's an hour away. There's no way I'm driving to Hinkley. Well, what did you expect, Kev? The Rolling Stones are going to come to your door? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I didn't expect them to come at all, remember? Fine. You try to maintain some kind of maturity, and you're suddenly the bad guy. Jeez, what a downer. Okay, we'll go to Hinkley. <laughs> After all, I was in this deep. So... 
47 miles, three pit stops, and any number of squashed raisinets later, we arrived at... Here it is. Joe's place. So, Chuck is trading Jack's car like it's a fucking sofa. He's got his feet up right near Kevin's ear. It's like, will you get your goddamn feet down? This is not a bed at a Motel 6. Just chill yourself, Chuck. And the thing is, is I swear, you get Paul around Chuck and Jeff, he turns into goofball Paul and immediately sides with them because Kevin's like, where is this place? And Jeff, like, says it's, uh, like, uh, in Hinkley, which is an hour away from where they all live. And Kevin's like, I don't want to drive an hour away. And I'm thinking, how long are his parents going to be out? So you think about it. Hour there. There's going to be an hour back. There's going to be time in between because they're still trying to find out where the hell the Rolling Stones are. And Paul makes a joke like, well, gee, Kev, you didn't think they were going to be playing on your doorstep, did you? And it's like, Paul, come on, man. <laughs> he loses all sensibility when he gets around Chuck and Jeff, which is not very often. And Kevin does, like, yeah, I'm feeling, he does kind of come off suddenly like a wet blanket. Jeff's even like, oh, he's such a downer. It's like, dudes, he's driving you there because neither of, none of you got cars of your own. I'd be kissing his feet in gratitude because he's nice enough to drive your asses there to this podunk place that most likely will not have the Rolling Stones, Joe's place. I don't know. This place is, ooh, it looks like a skeevy dive bar. <laughs> but when Paul and Winnie and Kevin and the other two get there, it's not at all what they expected. Just one little problem. The Who? Not the Who. <laughs> the Rolling Stones. Hey, Joe. You got the Rolling Stones coming here? Who? I reckon not. And, faced with the first disappointment of the evening, we did what red-blooded teenagers did best. You mean we drove over an hour? And there's no Rolling Stones? We turned on each other. Well, don't look at me. It's not my fault. And then we passed the buck. What? It's not mine either. And we pointed fingers. No way, it was Chuck. Hey, look at this. They're all messages. Hey, you! That's my yellow pages. Whoops, uh, yeah, let's hit it. So, they go in there, and we got some big beefy guy running the bar. And they're like, hey, um, the Rolling Stones are playing here, right? And the guy looks at them like, who? I'm thinking, okay, Kevin, where the fuck did you take everybody to? Hinkley? Is that some place in the middle of Mars? Because no one's heard, these people have not heard of the Rolling Stones. And neither is the other person like, oh, do we have the Rolling Stones playing here? And the other guy, the older guy's like, what? Who? I don't know who the fuck they are. Like, are you kidding me? And... Kevin immediately turns on Jeff, like, great, I drove an hour away for what? For nothing, because they're not here. 
And Jeff's like, well, don't look at me. And then he turns to Winnie. And Winnie's like, well, don't look at me. It wasn't my idea. And then, of course, she turns to Paul. And he's like, so no, it wasn't my idea. It was Chuck's idea. And Chuck is over by the phone book. And I can't even understand what he said. Something to the effect of, oh, look, there's an ad here or something. And these yellow, he rips out a page in the yellow pages. The big beefy guy's like, hey, that's my yellow pages. What are you doing? And the guy, like, hauls his big chunky butt over the damn bar to chase the kids. The kids are like, let's book it and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then, oh, this is, I love this. Because we rarely ever see Winnie. We don't see much of her, like, interact. Like, she's, she's fun, man. She's for the guys. She's... <laughs> Like, like, hey guys, let's get out of here. Because when Chuck said something about what's in the yellow pages, Winnie rushes right over to him. It's like, she's having a ball, guys. She's loving this stuff. Hanging, man. So they all peel the fuck out of there. Like, let's go. I bet that they're not the only ones that are trying to find the Rolling Stones. I could have sworn they wound up at some house or something like that. Because I was flipping through the episode um, online somewhere off of YouTube or whatever. Because I wanted to get some screenshots, you know, for, for um, up on SoundCloud and whatnot. And they, I think the next place they wind up at someone's house or some dive place that's even worse than Joe's place. And it's got a jukebox there or something. And old people are dancing. So I'm going to play this. It was impossible. 
and suddenly it was clear that this night was special. It was a matter of destiny. Something magical was awaiting us. And as we went from Smokey Joes to Billy Joes to Joe Joes to Ho Joes, we never gave up. So Kevin and them peel out of Joe's place and immediately, like, boom, pulled over by a cop. Like, twice in one day, and it's not even Kevin's car. Thank the Lord they didn't ask for the registration. Shoot. But I got, oh my, Chuck's freaking out because he thinks, oh my gosh, the guy at Joe's place called the cops because he ripped out a page out of the Bell telephone book. So Chuck shoves the page, and mind you, the yellow page is a large page. That's a lot of paper to be shoving into your maw. Um, but the cop goes over there, like, hey, can I see your license? Oh, you got, you had a bit of a jackrabbit start. As in, basically, he peeled out. And, um, Kevin's like, no, I mean, yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. Um, leave it to our girl. Leave it to our girl, Winnie. Yes! Girl, way to go. She came up with a story on the fly about her grandma being sick in the hospital. She might be dead for all we know. I mean, I don't know if she her grandparents are alive. Anyway, um, she just said, you know, Kevin's the best driver that we know. And if it weren't for him, we could have gotten rides with people that aren't so safe. And I wouldn't have been able to see my grandma. The guy, it's Winnie's charm. Guys are charmed by Winnie. Her words, she's like a siren, only the non-deadly siren, the good one, if there were a good siren. The guy buys it, it's like, you say hi to your grandma, right? Son, you take care of your girl there, right? You take good care of her, because she's a sweetheart. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> and he leaves. And after the guy, the cop leaves, they're all like, yes, oh my gosh, you can't believe he bought it. Kevin is so elated, he kisses Winnie, like, Mwah, I love you! <laughs> and they are on, they're going from Billy Bob's place to Hokey's place to whichever you place. Just, they're trying all these different places. So, I'm going to play this clip. I wonder where they're going to end up next. The Rolling Stones. I knew it! I knew it! Would be in Wally's. found it. It was amazing. Our very own this is it. Woodstock. This is unbelievable. I told you, Kevin, I told you. Yeah. Each of us knew every moment of our youth would be defined by its relationship in time to this one. It was our moment, and we were there. certain terms that the crowning event of our youth the only people gonna be here is the police was a bust Kevin I'm really sorry nah forget about it what the heck 
This wasn't the time for I told you so's or rubbing it in. No, you were the only one who knew how ridiculous we sounded. Ah, oh, come on. I mean, we came here, we had a good time. What more could you ask? Right, guys? It felt pretty good. I was generous. I was nonchalant. I was... an idiot. Suddenly, my goodwill ebbed. Now look what you made me do. Hey, we weren't driving. And I no longer felt generous. No, I was driving. And you know why? I felt rage. Because I'm crazy. I knew the Rolling Stones would never show up. I was really mad. And my foot hurt a lot. So the next place they stop is Wally's Inn, and apparently everyone else has the same idea because a lot of other people are there. And they're all excited when he's like, oh, Kevin, I told you they were going to be here. This was such a great idea. Ah. And, of course, we see these two really tall wooden doors, and everyone's waiting, expecting, like, Keith Richards to come out or Mick Jagger or whoever. No, it's Wally himself comes out with a bullhorn. He says, I told you kids, Rolling Stones ain't here. They're not coming here. You need to go before I call the cops. And Winnie, she looks almost like he's yelling at her. He, She looks like she feels like he's yelling at her personally. She looks like she's on the verge of tears. And... You know, everyone... You know, he they all head back to the car and... Kevin's like, hey, it's not a big deal. This was an interesting night and everything. You know, everyone had the same idea that we did. This is kind of fun a little bit. Of course, Kevin does not even look when he is backing up. And I'm guessing he hits a curb because he just backs up without looking and, like, puts his foot on the accelerator. So... It doesn't look like he didn't hit another car, but from the sound, it almost sounded like he had, like, backed into a car. He backed into the curb when the bumper is so low that I guess the bumper is dented. Kevin explodes. He's like, damn it, you all made me come here. I knew the fucking Rolling Stones were going to be here. Damn it. And, and they're all like, hey, we weren't, Jeff is like, we weren't driving. That was you. And he's like, yeah. I know it was me. And he's just pissed off. And Kevin is, like, kicking the bumper. It's like, buddy, your foot's gonna hurt. You know that. You're already in deep now with your dad when you get home, for sure. But kicking that bumper some more, or, or the hubcap or whatever, is not gonna make it better. I just need to get the fuck out of there and go. Who the hell? How far away from home? Hinkley's was an hour away. How far away are they now? Unless they just stayed around Hinkley's and went to every dang bar and dive bar in the tri-state area. I don't know. So I think, yeah, they're going home. Uh, Chuck is trying to find if there's any raisinets still in that box that he was eating out of. Everyone's feeling like crap. Like, dang it, I can't believe we followed a tip that wasn't that didn't lead us to the Rolling Stones. I love how Winnie has got her head resting on Kevin's shoulder. And he's just, Kevin is just fuming. He's so angry. Not as angry as Jack's going to be when you get home. Maybe Winnie can say some nice words and help that out. But I don't think so. 
lost in their own thoughts about missed opportunities. Me? I just had one thought. While the rest of the world would go on to college, have careers, jobs, families, a life of their own, I would be spending the rest of the 70s grounded. Face it, I was a young man without a future. And not only that, I'd even forgotten the milk. I thought as soon as Kevin pulled up into the driveway that Norma and Jeff were going to be outside waiting. And I thought that Jack's car was in the garage because we don't see it parked in the driveway, but Kevin parked it in the driveway. Yeah, your dad's going to know that was taken out. So the house is still dark when Kevin gets in there, and of course he forgot the milk. To make matters worse, that La Cucaracha theme novelty horn is playing so that means jack and norma are back oh good grief i bet i hope that he had a good time i really do i'm nervous my feet hung on my dad's rear end and as soon as he saw it no story no tale no ocean of logic was going to help nothing would save me now Except I couldn't believe it. It was nothing but a mass of broken metal and busted bolts. Boy, I did it this time. Guess I'm just gonna have to learn to stop spinning yarns when I'm supposed to be applying brake. Yeah. In one clumsy move, the cowboy had given me back my life. I bet she's with pride and joy, too. Yeah. And of course, there was only one appropriate thing to say. Sorry, Dad. Yeah. i tell you what. I'm gonna make this up to you western style. Our place up north in Sorrow will need a furnishing right now. And we'll take all the furniture you can make. Ah. Uh, what's a little bumper between friends, huh? And just like that. I'm glad you feel that way about it. Ah, sure. Now, about that furniture. My father's heartache turned into profit. But the truth was, it wasn't all this guy's fault. And somehow I couldn't help but feel a little guilty. You know, I feel a little guilty. Why? Well, it's just that I know that some of that damage was already there. Uh-oh. You do? Yeah. I ran into the wall of the market yesterday. And that's when I realized there's all kinds of logic in this world. Why didn't you say anything? I don't know. I guess I just thought nobody would notice. We had a wonderful time, Betty. And a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Kevin, an angel was watching over you at that minute. 
or somebody was watching over you because, uh, yeah, your butt got saved there, buddy boy. As the cowboy hat guy, I can't even remember what his name was, but they're pulling up into the driveway. And, of course, that guy, we find out, was telling a story or something. He's like, I should have been applying the brake or something like that because he hits the fender that Kevin Ended up backing into the curb or something. So, it's like, Kevin's like, this is my lucky day, basically. He even says, you know, this guy gave me my life back. Because he thought his life was going to end. Um, Jack is like, oh, you know what, don't worry about it. And the guy even says, like, you know, we got a cabin up north. Um, we would love to take every piece of furniture that you can make and stick it in in that cabin if you want to do that. And I love that Jack, he's not angry, but, you know, of course, he wouldn't want to be this a potential customer. And he just kind of, like, pats the guy in the back, like, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's just a car. What's an old dent between friends, eh? And he kind of, like, takes him around the side to the guy's car and, like, hey, now about that furniture you were talking about. And Norma comes up beside Kevin, and she's like, oh, wow, yeah, um, that's kind of saved me. Uh, I, uh, backed your dad's car, the bumper, into the, uh, the wall of the store that I was at. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Well, you know what? Save, saved her, too. Saved her, too. And Kevin just kind of, look, he's surprised, like, um, why didn't you say anything? And Norma is just like, I, I don't know, I just didn't think it would be noticeable or something. It's like, yeah, fenders nowadays, aren't they mostly made of plastic? I, I would think so anyway, but yeah, this, this worked out for Kevin. I kind of wonder, Brazenettes are going to be in that car, right? That's how they find out. I, they gotta find out, don't they? Let's find out together and see if they actually do find out that he took the car out. That night, moved by the forces of teen logic, I'd stolen my dad's car, had a run-in with the police, a fight with my friends, and an accident. All in all, it was a great evening. Even if there were no Rolling Stones, So Kevin goes and heads to bed and just thinking, you know, he had a big day, um, you know, fighting with his friends, got into an accident and all this stuff. Turns out, yeah, Rolling Stones, later on that evening, wound up at Joe's place. So whoever mentioned that was right. Just, they weren't showing up at that time. They weren't going to show up at prime time, like 8 o'clock. No, they were going to show up, uh, like, maybe 11 or 12 or some fucking time. I don't know. But anyway, that's the end of the episode. I want to uh, read the quote. As you heard in the clip. All right. <laughs> Kevin, adult narrator, or adult Kevin, narrator. And that's when I realized there's all kinds of logic in this world, and a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Dead night, 
Moved by the forces of teen logic, I'd stolen my dad's car, had a run-in with the police, a fight with my friends, and an accident. All in all, it was a great evening, even if there were no Rolling Stones. And then that's when we hear probably Keith Richards asking Joe to turn the volume up on the amp or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So I like, honestly, I definitely like this episode a lot more than uh, the Alice in Wonderland or Autoland episode from last week. Um, I would have to give this one the Flower Power rating. Hmm. I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Uh, Chuck Bean and his annoying self, that's why I took one off. And, of course, um... What was the other thing? Oh, we only had, like, one scene of Wayne, which isn't bad. It would have been nice to see him a little more, but... I didn't really give him much to do. He's just kind of a one-and-done type thing. Just there to make his comments and leave. Um, the things I liked about it. Winnie, especially that scene in the diner was my favorite with her talking about... She... Whenever we would see Winnie, it just seemed like she was never really happy, excited. Especially when she she was in a relationship with, with Kevin very often. It just seemed whenever we'd see her, she'd be smiling, but for a different reason. Just seeing her enthused like this was like me seeing there is a whole nother, whole other layer to Winnie that we have not ever seen before. And I really, really liked that. Just her talking all breathy to Kevin, like... This is a moment, you know, we can tell our children about and everything, and we'll remember this for, you know, her wanting to see the Rolling Stones and Keith Richard and Richards and everything. Um, let's see other. Oh, um, at the end, uh, with Norma saying that she had dinged the uh, defender, like <laughs> it was kind of just her delivery of that was just kind of interesting. I just kind of like that. Um. <laughs> um and the other seeing Jack so happy like that at the beginning at the table like that it's just it's like we're seeing sides to these people we don't normally see like in their character like or whether it's the line delivery or something it was just I don't know it was just like Norma admitting that it's just I don't know whether it was Allie Mills' how she worded or, or just, I don't know. But anyway, um, as far as for, oh, excuse me, uh, mm, um, I'm yawning. It's not that late. It's only like almost 7.30 at night, but, um, I went and saw my dad today. So that's like an hour from here, then an hour back. Um, but Wonderling Words of Wisdom I know that teenagers will make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We've all been there as teenagers ourselves. We've probably all gotten tickets at least once in our lives. I've even had my license, my key, my car taken away from me by my dad when I was a teenager. Um, but that's a story for some other year or some other day. Um, just kids, I know it, it, it's just these wor words of saying, you know, just go the speed limit and this and that and just try to keep your nose clean but 
taking out your dad's car. Uh, you may not get lucky like Kevin got lucky with that. That was someone was watching over him kind of lucky. So I am going to talk about next week's episode, which is interesting because it seems like this is more of a side character friend is going to be front and center, and Kevin is kind of playing second fiddle to that. And the episode that I'm talking about is uh, uh, Season 6, Episode 14, entitled Unpacking. Kevin and Winnie fix Jeff up with the new girl in school. However, Jeff is reluctant to commit to the relationship because of his attachment to an old girlfriend back home. Now, we know that Jeff's parents are divorced. We know this about him because that was explained in Season 6, Episode 1, Homecoming. So we've learned a little bit about Jeff, but this kind of gives us a little bit, I believe like it's a split situation where he lives with his mom and then on the weekends like he goes to visit his dad or maybe it's because I believe he is still unpacking. He's still got boxes of stuff that need to be unpacked. So, um, trying to find out when this thing was, uh. February 3rd, 1993. I don't understand why they moved the air date all the way to the bottom of the page on IMDb. I don't I don't understand that. I'm trying to remember if I read the, um, if there were connections, if I would have read these. Let me see if I did. For, for uh, just Kojak that was mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Kevin and his friends are eating raisinets in the car. Cost of a speeding ticket in 1973 was about 40 bucks. All right. So, yeah, we get a little bit into Jeff's home life and that he had a girlfriend back at uh, where he had lived before. So, all right. Other than that, let's say hey to you guys here. All right, we have... Meridian, Idaho, Grover Beach, California, Abu Dhabi, Arab, United Arab Emirates, Castro Valley, California, Alameda, California, Istanbul, Turkey, Atlanta, Georgia, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Greensboro, North Carolina, Eugene, Oregon, Sun Valley, Nevada, New Jersey, it says Pensulkin, I can't pronounce that. Tucson, Arizona, Mount Holly, New Jersey, DPR, Wisconsin, Graysonville, Maryland, Mountain View, California, Medford, Massachusetts, Mumbai, India, Washington, Michigan. I didn't even know there was one in Michigan. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, New York, New York, Denver, Colorado, Medellin, Columbia, Vineland, New Jersey, and Kara, Turkey, New York. Newark, N-E-W-A-R-K, Ohio, Moscow, Russian Federation, Fremont, California, Argentina, Da Nang, Vietnam, Clifton, New Jersey, Badalona, Spain, Munich, Germany, Mexico, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Germany, Israel, Parkville, Maryland, Croatia, R-I-J-E-K-A, Croatia, Ozone Park, New York, Roman, Romania, Orlando, Florida, Kolomina, Russian Federation, Indonesia, Ecuador, Germany, 
Mexico City, Mexico, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Quezon City, Philippines. All right. Well, I will be back next week with unpacking, and we'll learn a little more about Kevin's friend Jeff. So, all right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.